Before you sit, let me just pray. Father, I thank you that we have just the awesome privilege of being here now in your presence. Lord, you've called us to be a community in Christ, and we can't do that in isolation, that we need one another, Lord. And why we need one another is because you dwell in each of us, and I see Christ in my brothers and sisters, and we see you in each other. So, Lord, I just pray your peace would be upon our hearts and minds as we're meeting now, and God, that you would do something different as a result of us being present in this moment. Renew us. Transform us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. may be seated. Again, it's great to see everybody, and I'm not preaching to empty seats, which has been uh, a trip. It's been uh, three months, a little over, I think, of 12 weeks of, of scrambling to figure out how do we continue to worship the Lord, continue to get the gospel message out, continue to stay connected as a body of Christ, and how important that is. And um, through that time, of change, you grow and stretch and you keep moving forward. You keep pressing on for the things that the Lord has planned to do, but it's just so good. And uh, uh, I'm just so happy that we get to begin to move forward and meeting again and worshiping together again. And we've been talking for the last few weeks and it started with the Great Commission. And from the Great Commission, it moved to Matthew chapter 10 and really is a theme on discipleship. And unfortunately, I can't shake that theme in my own life, so you're going to hear more about it. And the reason for it is it really is essential for each one of us to understand a greater uh, wisdom of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. You know, I always argue with these two words, a follower of Christ and a disciple of Christ, and the two could mean the same, but I think sometimes there are followers, and then other times there are actual disciples, and, and, and to be a disciple, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 10, begins to prepare his disciples in the sending out, as he's going to send them out. He's going to begin to prepare them for what's next on their journey. And Jesus shifts at this point from speaking to the crowd to just speaking to the disciples. And he's, he's preparing them. He reminds the disciples of the call. He reminds the disciples of the mission, which I spoke about last week. And the call is simply this. Jesus makes the invitation to a relationship with him and to be in a community in Christ. That's the call that he had just as he called each disciple out, just as he called each one of us out. And then the second part was a mission, and the mission is to fulfill God's will by sharing the gospel with those we encounter, by sharing the gospel uh, with those who don't believe, that we have this incredible opportunity to share that good news. And here at Intercessor, we're taking discipleship seriously. And what we wanted to look at is those who are unchurched, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Christ, and as they do, they would begin this pathway of discipleship. And we've been talking about this for some time, and I want to get it deep down in our hearts that this pathway for us, or this pathway of discipleship for us, is through three, three things. Loving, learning, and leading. That you encounter God's love and you learn to love others. That, that through learning, you're beginning to grow as a Christian, as one who's following Christ, as one who's becoming a disciple. And then leading is simply that we're going to begin to be those servant leaders that Christ called us to be. It's called each one of us. But we have to be on that pathway. And each of us are on some stepping stone of that path. That, that if I'm loving others, that I identify that that love is going to be personal. If I'm learning, I identify that that's going to be intentional. And if I'm leading, that's definitely going to be visible. 
And that's a mantra that we should get hold of, of a mission of the church for our own lives. Where am I at in that process of discipleship? Am I past the loving part? Am I in the learning part? And have I begun the leading part? And Jesus is teaching his disciples this very thing. And in Matthew 10, verse 24 through 33, Jesus is reminding his disciples they're going to face hardship. That that's a reality of what's going to take place. That's not going to be easy. That there are going to be difficulties. And, and despite of the, hard, the hardship that would happen um, and that you're going to face, he says this over and over again in these nine verses four times. He says, do not fear. He says, rather, be that bold witness of the message. Be a faithful carrier of that message. Be faithful to the task at hand that you have in front of you. That's what he's saying of being a disciple. And and, and when Jesus is saying being a disciple, here's three things to remember regarding discipleship. A disciple should be fearless, a disciple should be faithful, and a disciple should be focused. A disciple who's fearless, it means this. Fearless is not the absence of fear, but it's the courage to continue on. That's what fearless means. And to be a disciple of Christ, we have to become fearless. And to become fearless... That's going to take something special. And what that's going to take is a total commitment of our life in Christ. That's what it's going to take. If I'm going to be fearless, if I'm, I'm going to have the courage to continue on, that I'm going to totally commit my life to him. Not somewhat commit, not sort of commit, but I'm committed in that relationship. Fear will cause the failure of our discipleship. Fear will cause that very thing for us to stumble. We do stupid things when we're fearful, don't we? All right, I'll speak for myself. I do stupid things when I'm fearful because that fear comes upon me in my life and I begin to make decisions I shouldn't make in that moment. I'm allowing other voices and other things to speak into a situation in my life and that I don't want to come off course. And Jesus is saying, you're going to have these obstacles, but I'm going to teach you what it's like to be fearless. I'm going to teach you how to be courageous in the midst of those uh, struggles that you're going to have. We have to become these fearless people. And the only way to do that is saying, yes, Lord, I totally commit my life to you. Why do I give an altar call every time I preach the gospel? Because I want someone who maybe has not responded in that way to say, I will totally commit my life to Christ. And why I do it is because I did it and something changed inside me. I pointed it in a new direction. I surrendered in that moment. I turned from my way of life and I began to walk in this newness of this relationship. I became this new creation in that moment. And everyone should have that opportunity. But it takes that total commitment if I'm going to be fearless. Because I don't want to fail at the process of discipleship. I want to finish well. 1 John 4.18 says this, There's no fear in love, but what, church? But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. As a disciple of Christ, we encounter this perfect love. And there's no fear in love. In that moment that you met Christ in your life, you encountered a love unlike a love you've ever encountered before. Because it's a perfect love that came into your life. And, and, and this is what transpires and takes place. And as a disciple of Christ, we've encountered that love. But if fear has a grip on our life, the only remedy is to be made perfect in the love of God. 
So if fear is taking over, I've got to go back and be made perfect in that love again. I've got to allow him in that place in my life to let that love be made perfect again in my life. So I've put something else in place of it. And now maybe fear has taken over. And again, there's things that we're going to face in our life that would present that, that trouble of fear where, where that would come on. But we've got to come back to that place. And my life is aligned. I'm committed to Christ. Uh, I'm, I know that perfect love. And I can't be in perfect love and also be fearful at the same time. So I've got to learn to walk in that perfect love. His love is what gives us the courage to overcome those fears. That it's his love is how we can overcome it. It's not a spouse's love, another relationship's love. It's, it's not that love. It's his perfect love that gives us the courage that we can overcome those fears. As a disciple, we've got to be fearless. And Jesus is prepping them in these verses. He's telling them it's not going to be easy. If they called me Beelzebub, you're going to have to deal with a few things. That there's going to be opposition to those that you share the gospel. There's going to be an opposition in your life because there's a light in you that's going to shine on the darkness into others. And he's saying, I don't want you to be fearful of that. I want you to be prepared and ready for that. And what is that going to take? A disciple has to be faithful. And by faithful, I mean this. It means our love for God is above all else. If you say you're faithful to something... Your, your love for that thing is above all other things. We can easily apply that to a sports team. If you're faithful to one sports team like most people are, that that team is above all other teams in your life and you're radically committed to that team. That, that, that's the team that you're, you're faithful to. You're not going to be sort of a fan or kind of a fan, but you're committed to that. Well, when it comes to a relationship with Christ, that we're called to this place, and we're called to be faithful in it. And it means I love God above all others, above all other things in my life. That that's first and foremost. That our lives are devoted to the call and the mission of Christ, and that, that we're to remain loyal and steadfast. And he's preparing his disciples, saying, you're going to have to remain loyal and steadfast against oppositions and troubles that you're going to have in your life. Just remain faithful. Stay faithful. See, the more we believe, the less we'll be deceived. And, and the way my faith grows is being faithful in that relationship of who he is. And I've got to continue that. Matthew 10, 26 says this. Jesus says, Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be made known. Jesus is saying, don't fear them in Matthew's gospel. What we just read in verse 26, he's saying there's, there's nothing covered that won't be revealed. That, that all things will come to light. There's nothing hidden that won't be made known. Remain faithful. As you remain faithful, I'll be with you. As we remain faithful, the Lord takes care of the rest. He brings all those things into light. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, we can remain faithful. Why? Because God is faithful to us. And it's that faithfulness that he models, and that's that faithfulness that we're called to have. He goes on in verse 27 of Matthew's Gospel Chapter 10, and he says this to them. Jesus says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. 
So he's saying, whatever's going on, don't worry. Here, do this as you continue to advance the kingdom of God, as you share the gospel with others, as you bring the gospel message into others' lives. He says that you'll proclaim that gospel, that message in the light, and you'll shout it from the rooftops. And when he's saying, just remain faithful in that, and everything else will follow that. It's first always the kingdom of God and, and, and sharing that gospel message, and the rest will follow. Third, he says, being a disciple, you got to be focused. That's going to take focus. Is Jesus the center point of my life? It means I'm, when you're focused on something, if, if you're taking target practice, you don't close your eyes, you don't, you, don't close, you don't aim to the left or aim to the right, you're aiming for a bullseye because you want to hit the target and you've got to stay focused on what that target is. And, and I've, we've got to stay focused in who Christ is. That he, we're focused in that relationship with him. And that he is that center point. He's what I'm focusing on in my life. So I can continue. There's a, a cross stick for focus. It says follow one's course until successful. That that's what focus means. That follow one's course until successful. Matthew 6 verse 33 which many of us are familiar with, but it says what? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Well, seeking first his kingdom means we have to be focused. Just as he's sending his disciples out, he's saying, I know the obstacles are going to be there. We're going to have them. We're going to have trials. We're going to have these moments in life, but we've got to remain focused, that we continue to seek him first, that we're, we're making Jesus that center point of our life and focusing first and foremost on him. Jesus was telling his disciples, as you follow me, there'll be this difficulty, this challenge, but, but, but don't turn your gaze. Don't become distracted. Don't look away. We read in Jeremiah that they're reminding that God is with us regardless of what's going on, that God is faithful, that he's with us, and that he sees us through those circumstances. He sees us through those trials. He helps us overcome our fears. In Proverbs 4.25, this is the RSV version, but I like the translation. It says this in Proverbs 4.25, Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. That there's this focus in who Christ is, in our lives. See, if things fall out of alignment, we begin to lose our focus, and that's always the enemy's plan. The enemy's plan is that he wants you to lose focus in that relationship with Christ. He wants you to get sidetracked. He wants you to be so distracted that you forgot to go to church. He wants you to be so busy you won't open your Bible. He, he wants your phone to blow up so much that you don't have time to pray. That's the enemy's plan. Lord's not doing that. We, we, we've lost sight that we didn't make Jesus our center point, that our gaze is no longer straight, but our eyes are to look forward directly. See, it just takes a moment of distraction to lose your focus, doesn't it? Some more than others. For some, it's your constant focus. Stop it, you know? Little children teach us that. They have a hard time focusing for, in that moment. But he calls us to a place to remain focused. That we're focusing in on that relationship with who he is. Because I don't want to be distracted within that moment and lose sight of the thing that the Lord has for me in this moment. That I'm looking. My, my gaze is ahead. My eyes are fixed on who he is as a disciple. And that's what Jesus is preparing his disciples for. This uh, week, I had some um, 
tree trimming to do, which I don't know if you all know that. I'm a great tree trimmer. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not an arborist. But in that moment, I thought I was. And I could do this myself and get the ladder out. You know, I'm a homeowner. I got work to do, you know, cutting things, whatever it is, take care of it. And I'm up on a 12-foot ladder, and I'm cutting back these limbs that have to come down. And, you know, it's just going to take a minute. It's no big deal. And my son's got the ladder. I'm like, hold the ladder. Make sure you hold the ladder. I'm up there and cut this branch down and I cut some others and get this one. And the ladder's a little wonky and tree's wonky and the roots are wonky. And I'm kind of stubborn. It's kind of the largest of the branch. And I get the thing down and the branch comes down. It's kind of like a victory. Like, yeah, we did it. And, and I guess I handed the saw off. I don't remember. And, and, and the branch is laying there and forgot why I was still standing on the ladder. And next thing I know, there's no ladder. I'm 12 feet in the air, and now I'm hugging a tree. <laughs> Not in the way you think. And, I, and I, I go flying off the ladder, and my instinct was to grab the tree, because I got Spider-Man-like reflexes, you know what I mean? <laughs> remember as a kid, you would get rug burn when you would run across the floor and slide? And I don't know why no one told us, don't do that, but we did it. And you'd make the hole in your jeans or whatever it was, we'd get that rug burn. Well, I didn't know you could get tree burn. <laughs> when you jump off... See, it just takes a moment to lose focus. Just a second. It's not a lot. And Jesus didn't want his disciples to lose focus. And what he said was, you might get a little rug burn along the way. That might be difficult sometimes. It might be hard, but it's worth it. There's an eternal life that's waiting for us in this kingdom. And there's a call for each of us in this kingdom on earth right now as that disciple. And he's calling us to that place that, that we're to be fearless, that we're to be faithful, and we're to remain focused. We can't allow the noise and the distractions and all those things around us, real or not real, whatever they are, we can't lose sight. We've got to look our eyes directly, it says in Proverbs, forward. And gaze straight before you. For us to be victorious as his disciples, those are the things that we've got to continue to do. We can't allow that noise to distract us. We've got to remember that the Lord is always with us. So let us continue as those disciples to remain fearless, faithful, and focused. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we know that uh, there's a call for each of us and there's a mission that you send us on. And Lord, whether that's bringing the gospel message to a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, someone we encounter, Lord, that you've put in our path, you've got a plan for this. We want to be able to share that good news and that gospel message. So help us, strengthen us to be those disciples you've called us to be. If you hear the message for the first time, Jesus makes that invitation I was talking about earlier, and he wants you to come into that relationship with him. So there's, there's a moment we've got to take that step to be faithful in that relationship. We've got to surrender to all the other plans that we've created and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, you're my center point. I'm focused on you. Your love is above all other things. If you haven't made that decision to ask him in that way, I just want to take a moment and pray. For those who are watching on the campus right now, and if you haven't made that decision yet, I want you to take a moment now and I want you to repeat after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart. 
And I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen. If you're sitting here and you've prayed that, I want you to let me know after this service so I can talk with you. If you're on the campus right now and you've prayed that, or you're streaming right now through one of the other platforms, let us know. Go to the website, fill out a prayer request on the campus. It says that you've put your hand up, and we want to continue to help you on that journey in relationship with the Lord. Amen? Well, we're going to continue um, worshiping the Lord, and now is a time of peace, but um, you're going to do peace from a distance, <laughs> which is just acknowledging hi, whatever it is. Also, if you want to continue to share the sign of peace after the service is over, you can do that outside. Um, it's outdoors. You can distance and say hello to one another. So the peace of the Lord be with you. And we'll continue to worship. We're taking up our offering. And as I mentioned before, that we'll have an opportunity. There's baskets available if you want to leave it. Or, of course, digitally, you can still participate with all those different ways that you can give uh, through our online campus, our app, or the website, or mail a check-in. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as a sacrifice for us all.